0: heyo welcome to the big if first off you can reach us at the big if pod at gmail.com um we are recording live right now so uh please write in during the show if we get an email from you during the show we'll read it out uh welcome I would love to get a uh, a live email
1: during the show. Like, wouldn't that just be like
0: perfect? That would be like it'd be like we're a real program. But I I don't have any illusions that we are going to uh, get this because, frankly, we're not recording live. I mean, it's live for you and me. um, But I don't even know the live streaming situation. I don't know. We're doing this through Zoom. Maybe we need like a platform. I, I don't fucking know. But uh, we're happy to have you listening in, happy to be in your earbuds or through your car speakers or um, you know, just playing loudly on an airplane uh, without any sort of headphones while everyone else listens. So uh, welcome to The Big If. What would you say the typical Big If listener is
1: doing while they podcast the show? Are they are they working out are they cooking dinner are they engaging in coitus
0: are they coitus was my first my first reaction there but uh, i would you know i would say maybe they are um mowing the lawn or um shoveling snow uh coitus certainly could be an option or maybe they're just um Maybe they're just enjoying a nice cup of, of sweet tea. Do you think
1: anyone has ever
0: uh had the big if playing while they were having sex? I can I can almost guarantee it. I can hey, I, guarantee. It. And the reason being is because they were listening to something else, that song ended, and then the next in their queue just happened to go to the big if and they hear that like organ sound of our opening music. <laughs> and uh that was it. Hey, I'm going to ask you a
1: question and then my dog's barking and I'm going to go let him in, so oh, you boy. can just kind of riff for a second. Uh, but strong suit, but okay. Do you think you could perform with the sound of you and I's voice playing in the background? Could you make <laughs> love to your wife while an episode of the Big If played? I want you to pontificate
0: for a second, I'll be right back. You know, I think I think I could Uh, oh, I don't know though. If I hear my friend's voice while it's going on, I, I, I'm going to start getting a little creeped out or something. Um, but if it was just my voice, let's say we were just listening to this portion where it's just my voice. Yeah, I think I could, but I think my wife would probably, uh, just stop and, and ask for either a, a, a rain check or just stop it altogether. So, um that's more on my wife than it is on me i think
1: yeah i don't know that i could perform hearing the sound of my own voice i think i I would probably voice i would probably climax too early with the sound of your voice but the sound of mine (laughs) i would go soft as a noodle baby
0: yeah it's not you know hearing your own voice what is it about hearing your own voice do do people like um like does morgan freeman like his own voice or is he fallen in the same category as the rest of us where no one re- really seems to like their own voice are you familiar with the term body dysmorphia uh yeah uh, well i'm um, um yeah i think so uh you've got sort of an unhealthy view of your own body
1: yeah and That's i think the like basic? the way the way that you see yourself is not the way that the rest of the world sees you, when they see you. you. Kind of have a distorted view of what you look like. Yes, and I think maybe there's something to that with our voice, because what we think we sound like is not what other people hear. So maybe when, you know,
0: well, hey, I, I agree. I, I I think you're onto something here. Um, You know, you're having a conversation. You're having. You have thoughts. I assume if you're listening to this podcast, you have thoughts too. And the sound of those thoughts doesn't always necessarily take on the sound of your own voice. I find, I don't know what, I don't even know what that voice actually, uh, is. All of my inner dialogue,
1: uh, is actually, I actually hear Cassie Moore's voice when I have an inner dialogue.
0: (laughs) That's well, that's better than, um, that's better than, uh, Fran Drescher.
1: Yeah. What do you
0: think? What's we're been also your, a rip, roar, and start here, wouldn't you say?
1: What's been your favorite? I, what Do we decide we're on season three? We are on season three, actually, yeah. What has been your favorite moment? Of season three? In, throughout, no, just throughout the first two-plus seasons of The Big If. Does any moment stand out? uh it can be like a, a longer segment that we did maybe one of our interviews or it can even just be like a little one liner that sticks out but do you have do you have a moment that sticks out to you i think
0: there were two interviews that stick out to me and they both took place on chat roulette uh the first one the bangladeshi guitarist that he actually sat down and played a song for us was just amazing um but the second guy when we tried it again the second guy Really uh, jumped into character. I think he like took himself seriously, as though this is going. This is maybe not. This is his big moment, but he he played along real quick. I think and like uh, had some, had a few hot takes that that were pretty funny. What what comes to mind for you?
1: Well, first of all, I feel like and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you were never a big fan of the chat roulette interview era of the big if
0: i and so okay look i don't like i don't like it when it's happening because it scares the shit out of me plus they could only see me they weren't looking (laughs) at you so you got to hide behind this wizard of oz curtain and just be this voice uh like egging people on in the background and i'm sitting here like face to face with these people and that's that was um that was nerve-wracking. But then afterwards, you know, it was pretty funny. Yeah, that I did have an unfair
1: advantage to just kind of get to be the voice behind the the curtain back here Yeah, you here, could so. stir the pot. Oh man. Do do you think do you ever see us bringing that back?
0: Sure, sure, why well, yeah, why not? Yeah. Well, okay. you got any other ideas for formats for the show?
1: No, not necessarily. Uh I do like when we read our New York Post and Dear Deidre articles.
0: Yes, yes. Although I'm curious because I saw a recent post uh, from a show that you're affiliated with. I believe they do the same thing, don't they? That's where I found out about these just
1: awesome articles. I never use one that they've already used, but if I see something that is fresh and hasn't been discussed, like one that I have ready
0: for today, if we need to get to it. Is it possible to find a different source outside of Dear Deidre or New York Post um and the only reason I ask is cuz it's cuz I saw this and maybe maybe we're going to get into some conflict here but I I uh, saw I saw a post from you on Instagram um showcasing uh, a Dear Deidre segment on uh, TMA and I had no idea that they were doing I thought this was like a, a big if thing uh. so uh, for the next about hour, I was I was pretty fucking peeved um, that we would do anything remotely close to that piece of shit program that keeps <laughs> on keeps on stringing you along. So um, I'm curious if we can find a different source for th- I'm, I'm happy with the uh, the idea and the segment, yeah. but I'm uh-huh. curious if we can find a different source because um, I don't want to copy a uh, two bit piece of shit uh, show that won't give my good friend the time of day.
1: I hear you. And yeah, I mean the internet is vast and there's just so much smut out there for the taking. So there's gotta be I'm, something. Uh yeah, so maybe I can I can probably find this little something. I'm I'm actually perusing a website right now and I just uh clicked on uh the lifestyle tab and then uh under that there's some sub subheadings and the first one is sex and I clicked on that and the first the first article is titled I'm polyamorous and in a four-way relationship with
0: my neighbors a four-way relationship job that sounds just fucking exhausting especially with your neighbors too oh my gosh like you got to live next to these people
1: and then as I scroll a little bit uh I bumped into a stranger on holiday I can't believe what happened next Okay. I snogged my best mate's girlfriend and now I want more.
0: Oh, that's that's from our British funds. They select to do all sorts of snogging. What Uh is snogging? Where did that where's I'm I'm curious about the origin of snogging?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Have you heard that before and it's coming back, or is that the first Uh, time you're hearing that?
0: No, I think I've heard it once or twice before. Obviously, it doesn't make the rounds, you know, in our day-to-day dialogue here, but um, I've heard of snogging before. It sound its just a funny-sounding word that um, that I like. It doesn't uh, sound super sexy. No, it does. It's like shagging or something. Uh, you know, like shag doesn't sound. It sounds dirty. You know. Yeah. Um, you've been doing a lot of snogging lately. No, not so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you know? Um, That from 1912 to 1948, the Olympic Games held competitions in the fine arts? Uh, Like what? Like painting? and Yes. Yeah. Literature, architecture, sculpture, painting, and music. And the art created was required to be Olympic-themed. Hmm. What do you think? Do you think all of our fans across the world like were to just dedicate their lives from this point forward towards this cause do you think we could bring back the fine arts portion of the summer olympic games oh i think they finally are bringing baseball back so i got to
1: think that uh finger painting is next on the list
0: yeah yeah finger painting uh watercolors let's bring it all let's bring it all back if you had to participate in a non
1: team olympic sport, summer and winter olympic sport, what would you what would you fare the best in?
0: Oh, I thought you were just going to say what would you choose. What would I fare the best in as a summer olympian um you know, maybe there I, I might might be able to beat out like a single uh, sprinter from just a really lowly country <laughs> just because they, they just needed to enter somebody into it, you know, um, right. but I doubt it. I, but I still, that's probably what I would fare the best in right now is just running as fast as, as I possibly can. And then a winter sport, uh, probably the, uh, not, not, uh, is it is it the luge where yeah. you go down? Uh, I, actually, I I don't think I'd fare well at all in that. But I I think it'd be fun to uh to see the difference. And you've brought this up before to see the difference between a commoner and someone who has trained their entire life to sled down a hill. You know, with their dick face in the sky. I've been saying for
1: years that I think the best thing the Olympics could do. Mm-hmm from an entertainment standpoint, from a viewership standpoint is for some or all of the events is to have one Joe Schmo common man in there just to really show how big of a difference there is between guys like you and me just grunting through nine to five jobs, a guy like you trying to get a business off the ground
0: yeah, I got. Um, I'm like trying to. I'm trying to not smoke weed right now, just so I can dream. I'm not. There's no way I'm competing in the Olympics. Yeah,
1: I asked this question to somebody. Uh, Mizzou, Mizzou football is on a yeah. heck of a run. Go Tigers! And I asked somebody a question. This question the other day, following the Mizzou game, if you had to step on the field in a Division One football game what position do you think you could be to embarrass yourself the least
0: uh i think i would go with like a um like a free safety yeah i just want to keep everything in front of me i will i don't care if you catch the ball i'm just i'm not gonna let you get behind me because i will start like 60 yards back from the line of scrimmage yeah yeah That's the
1: same answer. uh, I think Matt was the one I asked this to, and I think that was his answer, too. And he just said he would be in a constant backpedal, just keep everything in front. Yeah, that's it.
0: I kind of went through. Well, which one would you embarrass yourself the most with?
1: uh, Offensive line. (laughs) You just get turned around. That people would just be picking you up and setting you aside. Yeah. And then just absolutely decapitating the poor quarterback
0: uh yeah yeah and I kind of we
1: kind of went through a checklist of the positions and how each thing would go um I'm not tall enough to play quarterback there's no way I'm I might be able. Uh, I don't to know like,
0: about that I don't know about how tall is Tua um I don't know maybe six, six foot-ish? foot ish yeah. yeah come on oh he's got uh, <laughs> maybe two inches on you there
1: yeah, and if maybe the offensive coordinator could just design a scheme where I was just like throwing little screens and stuff, maybe I could get by, but probably not playing a real strong quarterback. I wonder if I had a game's worth of carries assuming I didn't get broken in half. Right.
0: How how many positive yards would you have?
1: I mean, I would be in the negative. There's no way I would get enough positive runs to offset all of the tackles for loss that are happening.
0: But what if you just had like the greatest offensive line of all time you think you think you could get like you think you could net about six yards across uh let's call it twenty five carries oh
1: my God uh if I had a great offensive line, I'm gonna need one one or two runs where somehow I we catch him sleeping and I just gain like ten or twelve before I get tired and fall to the ground so yeah. I feel like running back's not going to go well. If I'm playing receiver, I'm probably not catching anything unless again, maybe a quick screen behind the line of scrimmage. There's no way I'm running a route and catching a pass against any sort of
0: secondary. Well, a screen might might be the best option there or just like uh it's garbage time and uh, they kind of dump it off to you and the flat or your uh, you know just like like that little dink and dunk game or something like that
1: yeah and i can't i'm terrible with my feet so i can't kick so kicking is out i might be able to pull off maybe a long snap yeah cuz actually they're not allowed to get hit you can't hit the uh the long snapper so <laughs> that might be the move there
0: but so, i i like that idea so maybe i'd be a long snapper for uh the olympics if you if you had to um compete for any country other than the United States yeah which country do you think would be most likely to vote you captain Uh, of what sport Um, javelin okay Um,
1: Iceland you think, you think so? Yeah. Uh, what makes you say that? I just have you seen have you seen D two
0: the Mighty Ducks? <laughs> Come on, they went to the Olympics.
1: Yeah, uh, the Goodwill Games, but I but that's that fine. Goodwill.
0: It was basically it was it was the An Olympic
1: type setting.
0: Yeah, I remember those Iceland kids, though. Man, those they were like they were like North Korean soldiers, like in lockstep with each other. It was it was terrifying just to watch them warm up.
1: Yeah, and I just, ever since I saw that movie, I felt like I really connected with the Icelandic people. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, I get that. Uh, like you like order and structure in your life is what you're saying. Absolutely. And you look great in black. Almost wear
1: exclusively black during this time of year. Wow. Th- thinking about changing
0: my name to Gunner. Oh, damn. If, if you had to um, kill someone with an ice skate, do you think you could do it?
1: No, that's a little too up close and personal. But you have to. Or I else. mean, like, <laughs> then, I guess, then I guess I would. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't want to, but I guess right. if it's- No me, one wants to kill somebody with an ice skate. No, but if it's me or him- and I'm holding an ice skate, then I guess
0: I got to do what I got to do. Like, what if Adam Banks came over and, and kicked your dog? Coach, and just Coach, I woke up today, and the pain was gone. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I did there? Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure.
1: Do you know what happened after that?
0: Uh, yeah, I believe he uh, came out and fucking lit up the... Lit up the uh, uh, who was the team he was playing? That wasn't the Iceland games, was it? It might have been, yeah. I, I thought that was the the original Mighty Ducks there, but I might be wrong. I might be wrong. No, I do appear D two starting with like a roller skate scene, in the mall.
1: Yeah, just running buck wild over that that mall. That mall. Oh my
0: gosh, the, those poor mall employees, man! Like they really, uh, they took it. They really took. They really took one there uh, for the team, and. I mean, look, kids are going to be kids, all right? Teenagers, they got a lot of energy. Got to get it out somehow, hopefully in a constructive manner. That was a destructive manner. And um, for a bunch of kids that went on to represent the United States, that's not not who we are.
1: No. uh, One of the – and, you know, you don't have to have played junior pro hockey to know this. One (laughs) of the four pillars – of junior USA hockey is discipline. And I think those kids in the mall just absolutely showed a, a glaring lack of discipline. And frankly, that's the most unbelievable part of a movie that movie is that a ragtag bunch willing to just run roughshod over the mall with no regard for anyone around them would have the discipline to be junior Goodwill game world champions. That's the part that I just wasn't able to buy into.
0: Yeah. There's no through line there. I, I can't connect the dots there. Um, yeah. What are the Bass brothers doing these days? I don't know.
1: But one more thing about D2 that I just have a big problem with.
0: Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about the plot
1: holes in D2 and Mighty Ducks. That's fine. That could that be the rest of this episode. Because this like one, that. this one just popped into my head. And I've always just thought this is just too outlandish, even for a Disney movie. Picture this, Team USA calls a timeout. How long do these timeouts last?
0: Um, I would guess a minute or maybe a thirty second. In you know, this particular going to commercial.
1: In this particular timeout, Team USA had the time to take the goalie equipment off of Goldberg, mm-hmm. put it on Russ Tyler, the troubled inner city youth, mm-hmm. with a knuckle puck. Well, I uh, thought
0: Goldberg had the knuckle puck.
1: No, Goldberg was the goalie. Russ Tyler had the
0: knuckle puck, but that's that's, that's what's fucking you up, Keenan, right? Or it, it, yeah,
1: yes, okay. and that's why you have that false memory is because Russ Tyler puts on the goalie equipment, puts on the Goldberg jersey, and then with the game on the line, skates out to the other team's blue line, takes off his helmet, reveals that it's Russ Tyler, the knuckle puck kid. Puts
0: that puck on his edge and just knuckle pucks it in. in yeah, what did he moment. just like f- torque his body and like sh- like firing off from uh from center ice?
1: Well, here's the thing that is so illegal.
0: Don't even get me started on that. You can't have an, a teammate's jersey on. Yeah, I agree with that. That's that is a sheer deception, and again, not indicative of the junior league ice. Uh, ice skating or uh, ice hockey kids that i want to represent in my country
1: but if you look at if you look at coach bombay's
0: past and it's a checkered past coach um Bombay has definitely uh got a drinking problem or he's had his demons in the past
1: and i don't think it's i don't think it's all that surprising
0: to corporate see corporate espionage even he was he was like a, a big wig corner office guy
1: yeah, he was a cutthroat attorney, uh big time drinking problem, multiple DUIs. Um and when he first started coaching uh District 5 in the First Mighty Ducks, um he really he really did so without any thought of any scruples. Um I remember I remember he taught his team the chant, uh take the fall, act hurt, get indignant and was basically encouraging his team to flop that's not character that's not scribbles. that ain't the
0: usa no and how did he uh, he coached one season for the mighty ducks and then for what what'd you say sector five district five okay you coach one season for district five and you do such a great job that all of a sudden your team usa's coach the next year no
1: i think it shows a complete uh just lack of leadership in youth usa hockey that uh that's the kind of coach with that little of experience that they would get
0: um even even going back to let's go back to the original mighty ducks where adam banks had to play for district five because of redistricting that that's gerrymandering (laughs) that's fucked up dude like the mighty ducks won because of gerrymandering
1: I, I can't disagree with anything you're saying. Just,
0: uh, I didn't realize this growing up. The the ah, man, I feel uh, I feel betrayed, honestly. No, and now I understand I, why you why you felt such kinship with the, with Team Iceland.
1: Yeah. And I like it, it's obvious. They're the good in, guys. It's obvious in the first Mighty Ducks that the Hawks are supposed to be p- portrayed as the antagonist. They're the bad guys. And I don't think I don't think that was fair to the Hawks. And
0: then in... I agree. I agree. And if I'm a parent, I don't want some uh, former drunk lawyer, uh little weasel bitch coaching my son to take the fall and get indignant.
1: Yeah. And act hurt. Don't and forget act about it. Hurt. Hurt. And also another character flaw that you see in Coach Bombay. I mean, he just blatantly decides to start a romantic relationship with one of his star players' mothers. Wow. What is that?
0: That's fucked. up. whatever happened to the dad? Is he did he die? Is he out of the picture?
1: I don't. I, he might have just been a deadbeat dad that wasn't in the picture. But you know, it's just it's disappointing to see uh, a coach like Coach Bombay be <laughs> glorified when he just time after time just shows that. You know, I don't think he was the guy that we were led to believe that he was.
0: If you had to guess, all right, you've got Mighty Ducks, you've got D2. Yeah, D3. You've got D3, the Mighty Ducks. What do, Which one of those do you think got the highest score on Rotten Tomatoes? The first one? Yes, that's right. Then that makes sense. What percentage do you think it got on Rotten Tomatoes? And this is the highest. This is the highest that any of the mighty, any of the first three Mighty Ducks have scored. Um. And this is a cult classic. I mean, you look, you and I grew up with this stuff. Like, like you would think, you would think it would be very highly rated. And maybe I'm giving it away that it, that it's not. I would say 63%. That's about what I would guess like 71%. The original Mighty Ducks, starring Emilio Estevez as as Coach Gordon Bombay, the origin story got a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. That that is brutal. The next one got a 21%, and then D3, 20% i'm surprised d3
1: was that high actually (laughs) hey you wanted a you wanted a new kind of format our own website to find articles from and while we were talking i found one yeah um and i want to just kind of skim through this with you while we're talking about it it's 14 odd things you never really noticed about the mighty ducks movies
0: Oh, okay. Here we go. So I think this is kind of like the plot holes that we were talking about. This is fantastic. I I had like all these like weird history facts pulled up, but uh, this sounds much more compelling.
1: Number one, none of the Team USA players belonged at the Goodwill Games. The Mighty Ducks is a peewee hockey team from Minneapolis that was largely terrible until the tail end of its last season. Even then, the team's only accomplishment was winning a division championship. Yet in the second movie, a big chunk of Duck players are selected to represent the United States at the Goodwill Games, an international sports competition designed to draw the best Little League players in the country yep. Indeed. In D2's defense, five new players were introduced to the team, yet with the exception of the new goalie, these players all had problems. One was a shameless showboater. One didn't know how to stop. One only had previous experience
0: figure skating. That's right. One couldn't even skate. This is the the best
1: that,
0: that America has to offer? And one was a jerk and one was a figure skater.
1: You would think when searching the country for the most talented players possible, scouts would find less of a flawed bunch.
0: You know, I would have gone for the Hawks. I would have pulled my team off the Hawks. Um, Or I would have tried to uh, bring some of those Iceland kids who seem very well-trained over to the U.S.
1: If there's a coach who's willing to go as far as to get Gunnar Stahl dual
0: citizenship, (laughs) It's Coach Bombay. I agree. I agree. The sleaziest piece of shit to ever walk the ice. Did you know
1: this? The flying V wouldn't be allowed. While hockey is often thought of as an extremely physical sport, it has pretty strict rules regarding when and how contact can occur. One such rule states you cannot check a player who's not in possession of the puck. The flying V is a patented ducks move in which the players get the puck, form a V-shaped line, and proceed to plow through the rink, pushing down anyone in their path. In reality, if a Little League team pulled such a stunt, it would land half the players in the penalty box pretty fast for checking the entire opposing team.
0: Interesting. I don't remember the part where the flying V was about beating up on other kids, but I thought it was more of a strategy for like uh kind of like a little passing situation, um, more like maneuvering the ice towards the goal than it was actually going to, to like pummel some other kid.
1: I think that only happened early on in D2 when they were just Uh, kind of running through the competition and they were getting a little full of themselves. All of a sudden the flying V that was usually like this finesse
0: deception, deception, deception
1: based uh, attack. They kind of were feeling themselves a little bit. And I think it turned into just like they were shoving people as they finesse down the ice. Um, The next one is that Iceland isn't known as a hockey powerhouse where was canada where was russia where was sweden the czech republic but yet iceland was the
0: powerhouse in d2 that's uh that's interesting and i understand that's 21% score more on rotten tomatoes now
1: this one i think you're really just not alive. realistic
0: it's not realistic like what what am i how am i supposed to buy into this And we just bought it hook, line, and sinker like a bunch of cucks. It was force-fed to me, and I ate it up. I ate it up like I was starving Marvin over here.
1: I can already tell that number five is going to be a a good one here, especially with the picture. Uh, Number five is parents probably wouldn't want Coach Bombay coaching their kids. And the the picture is of him behind the wheel of a car just slugging a bottle of beer
0: oh yeah well I, you know that it was something stronger than beer i guarantee he took a flask with him wherever he went probably had a little uh little one of those rings where you, you know you like untwisted and get a little snoot snoot <laughs> because <laughs> he was co- uh, this was the early 90s right this is yeah. 1992 or 94 for for d2 uh, we were not out of the cocaine area i believe i've never left it <laughs>
1: Number nine. Noticed, this is interesting. By the way, that,
0: that, uh, the word "eras" is being used a lot by people. Um, I'm a little bit tired of it. Do you I know where by, it comes from? Yeah, I know. Mrs. Swift is the uh, the big, the big ambassador of the term "eras," <laughs> but honestly, <clears throat> I'm I'm sick and tired of it. I uh, sometimes when things like affect, and maybe this is just me getting older, but sometimes when things affect. Uh, the language, like, they they expect me to adopt some sort of language. And Starbucks is a great example. I want to just go the exact opposite direction, strictly out of spite. Yeah. Is that a, what er- is that a character strength or a character flaw, would you say?
1: Uh, I would consider it more of a strength. You don't just... I mean, you used to with the mighty ducks thing, but now you don't just take what you're force-fed. You question it. You rebel against it. You're not one to just
0: yeah fall in line. Yeah. Anyways, I'm in my uh, pissed off epoch, is what I'm going to start calling
1: it. What what era of your life are you in right now? Like, I mean, if you, I'm ended... in my
0: pissed off epoch, is what I'm <laughs> calling
1: it. Gotcha. <laughs> Uh, number nine is Adam Banks is forced to play with kids who hate him.
0: Oh, yeah, that's brutal. That's brutal. Um, that, I, I know it took him a while to win them over, but obviously his talent rose out. Didn't have a ton of personality. Um, so thank goodness that he could handle the the puck like he could.
1: Do you remember the nickname
0: that uh, was, was bestowed upon him? It was like Adam Stanks or something like that. That would have been good. Cake eater. Cake eater, that's right. I like cake. What's wrong with being a cake eater?
1: Number 10, under no circumstances is it safe to drive on ice. Coach Bombay gets chewed out by Charlie's mother early in the first film for having his chauffeur drive around on a frozen lake with children in the car. Instead of apologizing for his poor behavior, Bombay doubles down on his position and insists that as he grew up around the ice, he knows exactly when it's safe
0: to drive a car over it. That's, that's ridiculous. That's, that is haphazard. It's, um, it's negligent. It's, it's irresponsible, honestly. But if I honestly, that, that was probably one of the more fun things, I think. Uh, maybe that's why I bought into it, because I would have loved to uh, be in a limo on the ice sliding around.
1: Wasn't
0: ele- he have a driver? He had a driver, right? Yeah, he. Uh, it looks like it was like a
1: like a long Buick or a Lincoln or something. I don't think it was like a stretch limo, but he definitely had a driver. I wonder what happened to that driver. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, n- number eleven. I already don't like the headline. The story teaches that winning is everything.
0: Yep. Yep. Now that I can't appreciate because that is a uh that is just a fucking fact.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I'm actually I I would encourage more uh movies for young people to encourage people to be cutthroat and strive to just win at everything.
0: Win at everything at all costs. We have too many people that are okay with just participating. participating. Yep, agreed. And you and I grew up in an area where participation trophies were a thing and and maybe started uh in our uh what's called the participation trophy epoch that's when it started for us
1: yeah i do always feel bad because i do like i don't necessarily feel like a lot of my personality traits fall into like the stereotypical like millennial but we're we're
0: early millennials
1: yeah no doubt about it or no like
0: are we late we're early millennials something like that either that or like early gen or like late gen x yeah you don't hear a lot about gen x though boomers you hear boomers you hear millennials gen x kind of gets skipped over and uh i don't know what's going on with those guys
1: i don't really remember this part but in uh it says the mighty ducks first coach had a heart attack in front of the kids
0: (laughs) what was that the uh ice skate uh the uh store owner Hans. Hans, was well, that was yeah, was that was it Hans that was the guy or no? In fact, I don't think they ever showed it. Uh it says when
1: Bombay meets the team, the players explain their to their former or they explain that their former coach quote hurt his arm while screaming, skate you little bitches. One player then mimes a man grabbing his right arm and collapsing, oh, yeah. leading Bombay to deduce the former coach had a heart attack. Dude, I remember that.
0: I came oh I remember uh, in Mrs. Vincent's class in second grade, Secondman Elementary, we convinced her that we we wanted to uh, watch this movie called The Mighty Ducks. And Great she, film. Yep, someone brought it in. <laughs> <laughs> someone brought it in, and she goes, "Okay." She like read the back. It was like a PG movie, and then that part came up, and uh, she turned it off immediately. Yeah, you can't be watching movies with second graders where they're saying bitches. Yeah. Um, do you think that that coach was Charlie's dad and that's how he died, maybe? Ooh. You know, you might be onto something. I, it might be, which makes uh, how quickly Coach Bombay swooped in on his mom even more disgusting.
1: Number 13 is actually something that we kind of already talked about. And again, I love the picture that goes along with this. Uh the opposing teams are cartoonishly evil. It says in all three, in all three mighty ducks films, the opposing team is comprised of white, often affluent male players. While the ducks team is built from characters from a variety of genders, ethnic identities, and social classes, players on the enemy teams are also always shameless bullies who have a deep seated hatred for the ducks and live to torment them. A franchise marketed towards children should perhaps present more nuance to teach sportsmanship, reminding kids not to see the competition as bad guys. All right, now you lost.
0: Uh, nah. That's you might as well just repeat, uh, you shouldn't tell people to win at all costs. Because that, that's that's what this is. It's um, These are kids who are taught that winning is everything. So I can appreciate that they are single-minded about their hatred for the Ducks. And honestly, it made them better bad guys. This is the last one. It says the
1: lighthearted prank at the beginning of D2 is disturbing. During a montage at the beginning of the second film, Fulton Reed, member of the Bash Brothers, catches three members of a rival team, the Hawks, trying to trip the ducks with wire while the team is out rollerblading. Reed retaliates by dragging the kids off screen, stripping them down to their underwear and tying them to a tree. The kids are left there and the incident is never addressed again.
0: Oh, uh, that's that is bad. That's that's like sexual assault pretty much.
1: <laughs> again, it's just another example of a player on a coach Bombay led team <laughs> having
0: absolutely no discipline. This Bombay guy, man, you got to rein him in. You got to rein him in. He's worse than Bobby Knight. He's worse than. uh <clears throat> I don't know. He's worse than these guys. That's bad. I just just had a a potential
1: idea. Yeah. What if for the next couple episodes, we pick a movie from our childhood and kind of analyze it now as adults and see the things that we didn't notice before.
0: Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Um, And if you have any ideas for what movies you want us to analyze... Uh, I'm pretty sure there are several dozen podcasts about this exact thing, but you're going to get our take. And uh, write into it. You ain't it. heard it. You ain't never heard it like this before. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> And if you didn't, you aren't too. So write into us at thebigifpod at gmail and with your list of top ten movies you want <laughs> us to dissect. Um, in the meantime, did you know that Andrew Jackson had a pet parrot?
1: Uh, no, but that makes total sense, and it's horrifying at the same time.
0: Yeah, he taught his parrot, Polly, to curse like a sailor. There's even one legend that the parrot had to be taken out of Jackson's funeral for its proclivity for profanity. Was he a bad guy? Andrew Jackson?
1: Yeah. He's on the 20. Oh, i Isn't George I don't know Washington... What he, I, don't
0: know, I don't know what he was... Uh, what was his like major contribution like how did he make it on the 20 because there are um like shouldn't like obama be on the 20 or something <laughs> or or um someone someone I, I don't know what jackson did yeah history's not my strong suit i would rather see gordon bombay which which um which denomination do you think gordon bombay uh would most belong on I'd like to see his face
1: on all the money orders that people get when they go into like 7-Eleven or something. Like a cashier's check.
0: Like a cashier's check, yeah. Or even on like my W-2 at the end of the year or something like that. Um, Put Gordon Bombay on there.
1: If you had to play for any fictional coach from a sports movie, who would you play for? Oh, and I think I thought of our next movie we should do, but go
0: ahead. Um, It's hard to, I'm, honestly, I'm having struggle. I'm struggling to think of other ones at the moment um, because we just talked at length about Gordon Bombay. And yeah. now I kind of want to play for him because I know I'm going to get away with fucking anything. Yeah, um, there's no, uh,
1: there's no uh, repercussions for anything.
0: Yeah. Uh, Coach Beard and Ted Lasso would obviously would be like obvious modern choices, I think. Um, but that was more of a TV show than a movie, I guess. I'm so, going to give
1: you another just piece of shit coach who I would have absolutely hated to play for. And it's from the movie that I think maybe we should think about doing next. And that is John Voigt's character in oh, Varsity Blues. Oh, my Bud, gosh. Bud Kilmer.
0: Come on now. Come on, boys. Let's get out there. Follow me now. You are the damn smartest dumb person I know. Dude, John Boyd was the man. Um, you know who uh, comes? To, who I would most want to play for? I think is uh, a character named Coach Jimmy Dolan. You know who that's from? You know you don't know where Jimmy Dolan's from? Jimmy <laughs> Dolan. Uh, starred actually, this movie came out uh in the exact same year as D2 The Mighty Ducks. It's called the Air up there. Oh yeah, that's Kevin Bacon. That's Kevin Bacon baby. He traveled all the way to Africa just to recruit this kid for college ended up like um having like uh just so he could play with this kid like five on five against the rival tribe, but he had to become part of the tribe. So, like, he let them, like, do, like, the ceremonial cut near his uh, penis, I guess, <laughs> in order just just to play with this team. Like, that guy's going to bat for you every chance he gets. Like, if I'm getting recruited that hard, I want to play for Jimmy Dolan. Uh, here's kind of an outside-the-box
1: choice. Uh, John
0: Candy in Cool Runnings. Oh yeah, he was he, now he was like a he was kind of a washout prior to um, redeeming himself, wasn't he? I has been found him in Yeah, so many of these
1: coaches are just like uh, alcoholic, just yeah. res, like resurrection projects.
0: Yeah, and it's someone who's like you know, there's only one person that could uh, lead this team. You and know who he, I want? You know at who the I need? Of coach- a bottle somewhere.
1: You know who I need coaching this basketball team in blue chips? Nick, (laughs) Nick Nolte.
0: An amazing alcoholic. (laughs) Uh,
1: The coach in a major league was like a screaming, raging alcoholic,
0: Lou Brown. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What's up with these guys? Why are we responding? Why are are the youths of uh, the nineties, they respond so well to the <laughs> Celtics. Like, they really rise above. <laughs> None of these movies is
1: there, like, a man of honor and integrity that, like, coaches these boys up.
0: No, it's he's always... got to redeem himself, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a reclamation project. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of I a coach that was just... <laughs> <laughs> was right. yeah who was a coach honestly outside of the iceland coach who ran a tight ship i mean the guy must have secured funding for all of the uh, matching uniforms they had great looking gear um these kids like jetted out into the fucking ice and they were in perfect unison like they were taught the type of discipline that today we would really respect
1: and I don't remember D three, but also like yeah,
0: what even ha- what happened <laughs> in D three?
1: They were at a college, uh, some academy. But what I was going to say was in both D one and D two, the antagonist team are clad in all black.
0: That's ridiculous. That's stupid.
1: <laughs> That's stupid.
0: Black is one of the coolest colors to wear whenever you are uh, on an on an organized sports team. Um, because it strikes th- the most fear into uh into your opponent's heart didn't whoopi well, goldberg coach white. i would say all white requires a lot of confidence too and anytime i'd go up against a team that's wearing all white it's like someone here has got some ball skills
1: did whoopi goldberg coach the knicks in a movie
0: yes and <laughs> shit what was that? uh it wasn't it wasn't blue streak uh Eddie? Was it called Eddie? Eddie, Eddie, that was it, man. She coached the Knicks. That's right. She must have been an amazing coach. There was also a little big
1: league where a 12-year-old managed the Minnesota Twins. (laughs) You know who I think the manager was in uh, Rookie of the Year where Henry
0: Rohengartner becomes the pitcher? That wasn't uh, where he came out of surgery and his uh, arm was just like, yeah. <laughs> no, you bet your that? fucking ass it was. Gary
1: Busey. Really? I think so. And Daniel Stern was the pitching coach that was always chewing on sunflower seeds and couldn't pronounce Rowan Gardner.
0: Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you, 90s nineties coaches were the best. Here we go. Uh, George Knox. George Knox. Uh, who was the head coach of the, I believe at the time, just Anaheim Angels in Angels in the Outfield, Danny, yeah, Glover, maybe. the great Danny Glover. Oh my Tony God, Tony Danza. Yeah, was Tony Danza? Yeah, Tony Danza was in that. Oh man, Um yeah, Coach Knox. I would, I would run through a wall for him. I'm trying to think,
1: and uh, there's probably a golf movie where the caddy, who is kind of the coach, was kind of like a rough around the edges uh person looking for redemption who Uh, was the caddy in tin cup when uh kevin cosner's like give me another one but that's kind of a different
0: brand of movie as well yeah i i can't think of i feel like caddies you know i'm talking on my ass here so this is a real cold take but i feel like the caddies were the ones who were like the uh not mentor but they they were more like the I'm helping my guy I'm helping pick my guy up off the ground than they were the uh you know the tortured character yeah the
1: voice of reason
0: yeah they didn't they didn't have many demons um but I'm sure some of them are just like total pieces of shit
1: oh you know what I thought of a coach who was not well in a way he was kind of like a uh, I don't know if anti-hero is the right word. Do you know who the coach... There's two coaches. They were brothers in Little Giants.
0: Uh, no, I don't remember. I, I admit, I only saw pieces of Little Giants. I never actually saw the full movie.
1: So Little Giants was... Uh, the little brother who had to fight up against Big Brother was Rick Moranis. You can picture him coaching a youth football team. Oh, yeah. And then the uh, the older brother coach of the Cowboys was Ed O'Neill from uh, Married oh, yeah. with Children. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, Rick Al- Moranis' team ran the annexation of Puerto Rico
0: when the game was on the line. The annexation? It really? It, it went into like geopolitics? <laughs> that was the name of the trick play. Oh, the annexation of Puerto Rico? Yeah. um look at this shit oh my gosh now i'm on the internet Uh, there wasn't really a coach but the sandlot was a great movie the sandlot was a great movie did you ever i'm I'm looking at the uh artwork for slam dunk Ernest. (laughs) okay and that's also starred kareem abdul jabbar so I, i doubt he was a piece of shit in that movie though um, oh, my God. do you remember the, do you remember the show, uh,
1: was it California dreams? Do you remember that? Uh, uh-uh. no, there was, there was also a show where Dick Butkus was a, what a name, <laughs> rest in peace. Didn't he just pass away? <laughs> I have no idea, but Dick Butkus. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's pretty bad. Dick Butkus piss i mean that so uh, so heinous ass liquor might as well be my name (laughs) dick buckus played a basketball
1: coach in a uh 1996 1995 through 2000 show called hang time okay do you remember hang time
0: no Mm. oh my gosh do you remember the big green
1: oh yeah The catcher from the sandlot was the goalie.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I'll tell you. Okay, I know which coach I want to play for. Who you got? Uh, shit. Let me get his actual character name real quick. What sport? Soccer. Specifically, women's soccer. (laughs) 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 Is it a movie or a show? Oh, it's a movie, baby. This is a 1992 comedy classic. Known as the lady ladybugs. ladybugs, yeah, robbie yeah, Coach Chester Lee, who had had so little shame that he dressed up a, a really talented young male soccer player to come in and be the ringer for the youth girls soccer team that he coached. That is the type of guy who wants to win at all costs. Who believes winning is everything, and that's the leader I want to follow on in the field.
1: I don't think I've ever seen that movie, but oh I there were do- some
0: there were some awkward moments in it.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with anything you're saying.
0: Goes <laughs> Chester Lee. Dick butt piss. What a name. What a name. It, he's lucky that he's out of his misery now. I can't all, believe all that respect all to movies. Dick Buckus's, uh, all to the Buckus family. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. Well, um,
1: this might listen.
0: be one of our best episodes. I know people who like nineties sports movies are going to love this episode. <laughs> it was a walk down memory lane. It was our childhood. This is beautiful. I love it. I love it. There were some good if questions in it too, or like, which, if you had to play for uh, one of these coaches. God. But honestly, uh, Jimmy Dolan, uh, the air up there is an actual guy who would like ride to the death for his players.
1: I can't think what we would have been talking about, but I feel like the air up there has been discussed on this podcast before. <laughs> really? I do think so. I wish there was a way to like search into a database like something was transcribed because i'm pretty sure we've discussed that movie before
0: the air up there all
1: right um, oh damn mighty ducks and lethal weapon 2 actor joss ackland dead at 95 this is just two days ago and you were
0: just asking about this this was the uh the um the mentor of court bombay yeah, I I believe if I'm not mistaken that he was Hans. Honestly, he ought to be ashamed of himself. The way he mentored Gordon Bombay to being a real, a real piece of work.
1: Yeah, he dropped the ball big time. He had it coming. Oh man, rest in peace, Joss. You're a terrible mentor, but you're somebody's grandpa.
0: Yeah, you're somebody's grandpa, and um... well, you you were somebody's grandpa. Yeah. But also, just a terrible mentor. Um, yeah, RIP, buddy. Well, what do you think? Should we do varsity blues next week? I'm up for varsity blues if we want to talk about varsity blues.
1: Do you have that movie on hand to watch it to refresh yourself?
0: Uh, I do not, but I remember watching it a lot, and I can always bring up scenes on YouTube to refresh myself. Um, I do remember. Being an outspoken proponent of the soundtrack for varsity blues.
1: There goes my hero.
0: There goes my hero. Come on. So yeah, dude. Uh I like that movie. That was good. Ooh,
1: I got a coach. Oh, here's another, and it's not a kid's movie, but here's another example of a troubled coach. Yeah. Any given Sunday, Al Pacino.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. He had a big uh hooker. Uh he was a big big into the sex workers
1: i mean who can't empathize with that
0: yeah in fact i think uh jesse spano was his sex worker you would be
1: correct about that oh my god okay i asked you earlier what like one of your favorite kind of moments was from the first two plus seasons
0: yeah what do you think
1: well i think you provided me with one today because it had me laughing as hard as i've laughed in a while The first line of your Coach Kilmer impression just had me just unable to speak.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll, uh, you know, we'll have to reprise it again next time. I know it's, I'm not
1: going to ask you to recreate it, because when you're asked to do it on the spot, it just doesn't hit the same. But what was the line that you said about going out of the locker room?
0: Uh, it It was just like, all right, boys, all right, all right. You'll follow me now. All right. And come on now, boys. And that was that was about it. And then he ran out, and that was the last scene the last time we ever saw uh John Voight in varsity blues. The John, John, did he is John Voight John Voight now because he's dead or is he still alive? Uh, John Voight is alive.
1: How old do you think John Voight is? God damn,
0: I'm gonna go with like 83. 84 years old. There we go. So he's probably, he's definitely lived through all the Mighty Ducks. Um, surely he's seen one or two of them.
1: Little known fact that he was actually in front of Emilio Estevez to play Gordon Bombay, but he looked a little what? too old. No, I just made that up.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Like, that would have been amazing.
1: do oh, You know who his daughter is, Correct.
0: Yeah, Angelina Jolie. Yeah. But how did she get such a different name than John? Like, well, how come her name's not like Angie Boyd?
1: Uh, do you think Angelina Jolie is her real name or is that like a stage name?
0: I don't know. I don't know.
1: If you it had to have a matter.
0: stage name, like would you would you go out like uh let's say all right, now um <clears throat> James Cameron casts you in his next Uh, major film are you sticking with uh with your given name d'angelo yeah or are you are you going uh with a stage name i think i'd stick with d'angelo hopkins yeah yeah okay well that is kind of a chosen name that is kind of a stage name to a degree (laughs)
1: Her full name is Angelina Jolie Voight. I wonder if she just dropped the Voight. I want, Did she not? I wonder if they didn't have a great relationship for a while, so she kind of wanted to separate herself from that. She was
0: a she was a wild child, wasn't she? She used to date uh, uh, Billy Bob Thornton, and she wore, they wore vials of each other's blood. blood. Yeah, you don't see that kind of romance anymore. Would you do that? Given the opportunity, I'd wear a vial of my wife's blood around my neck. You never know. I come in handy.
1: I did not want to be Voight as an actress because people would react to the name, Jolie told The Sun in 2011. Hmm. It was a choice. So there you go. It was a goddamn choice.
0: Well, we hope that you make the goddamn choice to email us at thebigifpod at gmail.com where you will if you email us today you'll get access to uh our entire catalog of the big if and mm-hmm. um our 10 part course on how to start your own podcast yep and our um our special TED talk about new year's resolutions and how new year's resolutions intersect with coaches of 90s children's movies
1: it's basically a master's class and you're getting access to it just for emailing us just for
0: emailing us that's all you gotta do so uh fire away Uh, all right